Are you recording now? Recording. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. Things are about to get weird. Just get to the murder. We'll go ahead and tell you what you're here for right up top. Right. This is a podcast. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Called This Is Gonna Sound Weird. Mm-hmm. And what's it about? Uh, it's about true crime, paranormal, uh, you know, just weird stuff. This week specifically is about, you know, sideshows or circusy type things. Oddities, if you will. Yes. I've really yes. come to love the word oddities. So. I mine does not have anything about oddities, which I guess everything in the circus is kind of an oddity in its own right. Uh, mine, mine does got, uh, have a few things to do with oddities. I'm not gonna give away too much, but I mean, I'm going first this week, so I mean, you're gonna know in just a, a few minutes. You remember when, uh, we went to that tattoo shop, uh, that we both got very sketchy piercings at? Yes. And he had, uh, like a oddities section, like in the back of the shop. Yes, yes, yes. So one year, so Ooh. me and Taylor have birthdays that are like... We're exactly two weeks apart from each other. That is why Mm -hmm. I never forget her birthday. She never forget my birthday because, I mean, how could you? But one year I was like, oh my God, I want to get a piercing. Like I wanted to get my, like my cartilage pierced. And there was a piercing shop right down the street. It was only $30 for a piercing. We were like, how can we say no? Mm -hmm. So we went in to get these. I had already been there, so I slightly vouched for this person, but only because of the cheapness of the the piercing. Yeah, she had gotten a piercing there like about a month to two months before, and her ear had not fallen off. So I was like, <laughs> all right, I'm cool with it. I mean, this is what you do when you're in college, right? Am I right? So we went in there, yep. and sure enough, he has like a, the guy has a teeny tiny little museum. It's almost like its mm-hmm. own little... I don't know. It's like, uh, and I don't. We didn't. I don't know I didn't, what it was. I didn't go in. I don't know if it was free. I didn't know if you had to pay for that. Like if that was extra. <laughs> um, it was really weird in there. He told us about his tattoos in the places that we didn't really care about. You yeah, know what I'm saying? He did. He did. Uh, he seemed like an weird. oddity in himself. Oh yeah. And, like, whenever he, at least for me, and probably for you, whenever I got him to, you know, take out a cartilage piercing and then help me put another one in, this man was shoving and pushing. Couldn't get that shit in to save his Uh, life. That man beat the shit out of my ear. Uh, He stuck the needle in my ear and left it in there for a good five minutes because he got distracted from talking. Which, (laughs) I mean, you know, I have a lot of piercings, so I was like, eh, this is what it is, but... Yeah, I think if this had been, like, my first time ever getting, like, a piercing or being in a piercing tattoo shop, I'd have been like, oh, this is terrible. Oh, speaking of of tattoos, just one week ago today, me and Taylor got tattoos together. We did. What did they say? (laughs) (laughs) Very on brand. They say, stay weird. They certainly do. Um... Now, Sydney's tattoo is in a place that probably shall not be shown on the internet. This is true. It's just on my booty. My? It's, it's on my booty. I don't. I don't. Oh, yeah. The way you phrased it's the it, the top of the booty. It's the top of the booty. Um, not quite a tramp stamp, but no. 
mine is more hip area um you know what we could put up a picture that's um they're exactly the same just in two different areas i could try to get a picture of mine that doesn't look like i'm trying to model for you all i, I could just crop it so or we could both crop it. I couldn't say. Maybe Sydney wants to put a booty pic on her <laughs> Instagram page. I can't you know, do that because I'm about to be a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, here's an idea. Instead of me putting a booty pic on the internet, we'll make a this is going to sound weird only fans and I can make some money off this booty pic. <laughs> it's just one photo of Sydney's booty and a pair of granny panties at that. And she's just kind of pulled them down so you can see the tattoo. I like to leave a, a little bit of mystery, you know. <laughs> but, yes. Yes. So we got stay weird, cause why? Why not? Why not? We're doing it for y'all. We did this for the. Fa- we have become permanently inked for this freaking show. Um. So yeah, that's all I gotta freaking say. All I gotta say is. Uh, follow us on Instagram, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, five stars preferably, and send us your weird story. This is going to sound weird at gmail.com. And get a tattoo in our honor. <laughs> if you get a tattoo in our honor and you, you know, slide in our DMs, we'll send you a koozie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do it for the fans. Oh, God. Anyways, uh, back to our topic of the week this week, mm-hmm. you know, sh- sideshows, oddities, all things weird. Uh, can you guess what I am doing my topic on? I know Taylor probably can me? guess. Yeah, because <laughs> I, told, yeah, you told me. <laughs> I told Taylor uh, earlier in the week what I was going to do, but... If you if you listened to last week's episode, as you should, if you haven't, then you should definitely listen to it after you listen to this episode. Or, you know what? Pause. Come back. We'll still be here. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, last week I talked mad shit about The Greatest Showman, the movie. <laughs> and here, this week, I am here to do some good old-fashioned shit-talking once again. All right. My topic, P.T. Barnum. Nice. Now, mine tangentially goes into P.T. Barnum, but I'm glad I didn't do a deep dive on him because you did. I just, like, you'll know what I mean when I mention him, but... Yeah, well, so, P.T. Barnum, he has a connection to pretty much any sort of sideshow attraction in the 1800s, like... Or even some 1900s. He just, mm-hmm. he was that bitch. So, he was like the Ryan Seacrest of the uh, 1800s. Was... <laughs> just like promoting the shit out of everything. So, he was born Phineas Taylor Barnum on July 5th, 1810 in Bethel, Connecticut. His father was an innkeeper and a storekeeper. And growing up, Phineas... Or PT, whatever you want to call him. I kind of go back and forth between all of his names. So you'll know who, <laughs> just know, that's who I'm fucking talking about. I'm talking about PT Barnum. Damn you. So. <laughs> all right. <laughs> God, get off my back, Taylor. I can't. Shit. It's hump day, damn you. It's Wednesday. <laughs> so growing up, Venius was greatly influenced by his grandfather, who was a justice of the peace and lottering lottery schemer which i don't know what exactly that means i don't know if that means he rigged the lottery i tried googling it 
I just assumed that he had something to do with the lottery, but schemer makes it sound like he might have been, yeah. been a hustler. Uh-huh. But either way, by age 12, P.T. was selling snacks and cherry rum to other kids on the playground. He was just... Hell yeah. He knew the supply and the demand, so he was going to really work the system. And at a young age, he moved to New York City and took many jobs, including a newspaper publishing job, book auctioning, and running a boarding school, which I find odd. He also ran a general store and the statewide lottery. And, it, uh-huh. and in 1829, he was married to his childhood friend, Charity Hallett. And at the time, they were uh, 21 and 19, which is, I feel like, in my head, like, I'm like, okay, kind of young. But I'm also like, that also seems kind of old for the 1800s. For that time, that's pretty old. Heck, I got a great aunt and uncle who were born, you know, n- you know, 30s-ish, 20s-ish. They was 14 when they got married. Straight up. Yeah, I, guess, I don't know what... PT was worried about maybe he was worried that she was going to just use him for his money or I don't know. I hope he got a prenup because mm-hmm. he makes a <laughs> lot of money. <laughs> so in 1835, Barnum purchased Joyce Heth, which you heard me correctly. He purchased a human. Uh, okay. So she was an elderly woman and slave. And she claimed to be a 161-year-old and former nurse of George Washington, which you got to remember this is 1835, and slavery would not be abolished for at least another 30 years in the United States. Uh-huh. Which I didn't realize that was not that long ago. No, no, it's not. So, at the time, slavery was abolished in New York. However, Barnum being the sort of sleazy guy he is, he was able to finagle things so that he wouldn't get in trouble for owning a slave at that time. So, he could, you know, he could continue to exploit this elderly woman. So, basically, he would lease Joyce for around $1,000 a year so he never actually owned her. And he would parade her around most of the Northeast, earning around $1,500 a week. The fuck? Was she actually 160 years old? No, she was around 80 years old. But also keep in mind, (laughs) she is this, which of course, you know, it's the 1800s, so we don't really have a picture of her. There's just like drawings and sketches but she is like this teeny tiny little old woman she is blind and almost completely paralyzed so basically he is just taking her from town to town working her 10 to 12 hours a day by like showing her off to the public and charging a fee and just an old woman just an old old lady interesting yeah so no, I'm not even. I'm not even gonna ask. I don't. Yeah. So who's gonna pay to see an old woman? <laughs> well, as you'll learn, Barnum is really good at like just talking up shit. He uh-huh. is a salesman. He's a peddler and a con artist, if you will. Yeah. He can okay. sell a bitch on something. And even after Joyce died in 1836, he charged spectators. 50 cents each to view her live autopsy. 
so you know not that all seem illegal well it was the 1800s so i don't really know that's true uh also he just don't seem like the very most uh empathetic man no no so in 1841 barnum purchased Scudder's American Museum located on Broadway in New York City and renamed it Barnum American Museum. And Barnum used a lighthouse lamp on top of the building to attract guests to enter and take a look at what all the shit he had inside, which is very interesting. I'm like, I mean, did that really work? Just a, like a light? Because, you know, like a lighthouse, it just sort of like the light just goes around and around. I guess it just sat on the top and people were like, oh, yeah. I'm going to go I in mean, this museum. I mean, electricity back then wasn't, you know, it's kind of new, I think. So maybe if he has this big-ass light, everybody's like, now that's something right there. I guess. Uh, but inside, he also had a lot of something. So, I mean, I wouldn't be too angry if I went in looking for a you know just to look at the electricity and i saw some of the shit he had because he had transformed the roof of the building into a strolling garden with a view of the city and he also launched hot air balloon rides daily and then inside the building there was a rotation of live acts and different odysseys and curiosities if you will eventually barnum would collect almost 850,000 oddities uh and eventually you know some of those would end up being like part of his traveling show and these oddities included taxidermied animals like albinos giants little people jugglers musicians exotic women uh detailed models of the city and famous battles and some live animals and in the museum barnum also displayed a collection of actual humans including susan barton aka the mammoth woman and isaac sprig known as the human skeleton which you know in actuality the mammoth woman is just a 500 pound woman and isaac sprig the human skeleton is just a very malnourished man no there's much more to him oh okay there's a lot more to him that you don't know about Right. But no, think, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about him. Uh, you don't say. You don't. There's much more to it, I guess, okay. than just being malnourished. <laughs> <laughs> now, the mammoth lady, I'm not sure about her. Couldn't say. <laughs> Can't vouch for her. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm so sorry that I didn't I didn't do a deep dive on him. You struck a chord. <laughs> I'm going to go off on a limb and say, I already know what Taylor's story of the week is going to be. Well, it's not just that, though. But I might have to interject again. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I told Sydney my stories. She doesn't She doesn't read my texts. Uh, I, uh, you know what? I did read the text. Uh, but I've been very busy at work this week. I this Today at work, I set my phone down and did not look at it till like 3 o'clock today. And then I saw that I had a text, and I just put my phone back down. Sometimes I'll just look at, like, this is not, this isn't, like, life-changing. I don't need to reply to this. No. I have texts I've been meaning to reply. I mean, I got a text from a month ago. Every day I'm like, I need to reply to this text. I still ain't done it. I probably won't. (laughs) It's too late at this point. Sometimes I'll text myself, like, a reminder. And so then I 
keep wanting to click it. So I'll get rid of that little notification, the little one symbol on the message thing. Uh-huh. But then I'm also like, oh, I can't open it because then I'll have to, like, I have to do something with this information. So then it just uh-huh. sort of lingers there. But, yes, if you need to get in contact with me or Taylor, best of luck. Okay. So, I don't know. Do it through Do it through my TikTok DMs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, just come by my work and say, you alive, bitch? <laughs> and I'll go, did you make an appointment? <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, in 1842, Barnum acquired a stuffed monkey from fellow museum owner Moses Kimball. And Barnum leased the monkey from Moses so that he could display it at his museum. The monkey was attached to a fishtail and dubbed the Fiji Mermaid. And mm-hmm. it's interesting how they decided to spell Fiji. It's F-E-E-J-E-E. Fiji. Which, I mean, <coughs> I can't say, I can't say shit. They didn't have spell check. They didn't have Grammarly. And I cannot send an email without Grammarly. Do you think they were trying to spell it like the place? Like Fiji the place? That's, just, that's what I th- They just came up with a name. I think of it being like Fiji like the place. But even yeah. still, if that was not their intention, then where the hell did they get that name from? <laughs> I got no idea. Anyways, but Barnum marketed the monkey as a real mermaid and <clears throat> uses sort of beautiful women, like sketches of beautiful mermaid women in his advertisement. And he does this <clears throat> to attract visitors far and wide, which is if there's one thing that you know i already kind of hinted at this earlier barnum he can draw a crowd he can market your shit so anytime he would advertise for an exhibit or an event he would refer to what he was doing as causing a humbug which is basically just like you know he would get the people talking so he would hint, you know, he put out these advertisements for this beautiful Fiji mermaid and he wouldn't let anyone see it. You know, he'd be like, hey, you know, it's going to be available for you to take a look at on May 3rd. And he would start advertising for it in April. So then by May 3rd, everybody's ready to shit their pants. They're like, I got, I got, you know, everyone's like, are you going to go see the Fiji mermaid tomorrow? You know, you're going to go see the Fiji mermaid here. And, you know, by the end, it, it reminds me of the VMAs when Miley Cyrus twerked on Robin Thicke. She caused a humbug. It reminds me of when you go to the fair and they say they got a white tiger behind the behind this curtain that you gotta pay extra to go see or got some weird animals and you go in there and it is scary, sad, and usually not what they advertise. That's why they hide it behind that curtain. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know what? One time when I went to the fair, I begged my dad. I said, please, can we please go see these weird things? Because they did. They had, like, you know, they said, we got a three-headed cow. We got a whatever. And I was like, dad, oh, my God. Uh-huh. I said, please, do you have $2? Please. My, <laughs> I need $2. I got to go. And my sister and my mom didn't want to go. So me and my dad, because we like freaky shit, we were like, oh, yeah. We went in there. We were like, the hell is this? It was clearly. It's not good. <laughs> it was clearly. A dead cow that they had sewn the head of another dead cow on. 
but you know what? I can't be too mad because my dad paid two dollars, and it wasn't his. (laughs) It wasn't my money; it was his money. So, (laughs) you know. Anyways, so uh, so he would cause a stir or humbug to get people in the door. And there's a famous quote that is credited to Barnum, but I actually couldn't find any proof that he actually said it. But the quote is, "There's a sucker born every minute." So basically, Uh he was like, you know, I could probably trick you into believing some shit and then you're gonna pay some money sucker and some visitors were pretty upset to find out that the mermaid was not real but barnum argued that the advertisements were meant to weren't they weren't meant to mislead anyone it was just merely to intrigue you but i mean if you say it's a real fiji mermaid Mm -mm. that is fraud i just learned about it they could have sued the shit out of him (laughs) but to be fair no one knows what Fiji is. But, I mean, you see a picture of a mermaid, you see the picture? Like, if it just said Fiji mermaid, no picture, yeah, it ain't nothing there. But the picture, I mean, come on now. that It don't look nothing like it. It ain't even close. Because I just looked at one of the pictures of the advertisements, and then I looked at the mermaid itself. Mm-mm. It ain't even close. <laughs> it is not. The real Fiji mermaid is that of nightmares so so in 1842 barnum met four-year-old charles sherwood stratton who stood a mere 25 inches tall and weighed around 15 pounds which he wouldn't grow much taller than that in his adult age so barnum trained charles to sing and dance and marketed him to the public as general tom thumb so he dressed kind of like a little Napoleon character. And he was also referred to as the smallest person to ever walk alone. But despite only being four years old, Barnum told audiences that Charles was 11. And Charles learned <laughs> to imitate people like Hercules and Napoleon. And Charles was so popular that he ended up going on to tour throughout Europe and even performed for Queen Victoria. And Charles would smoke and drink for the audience, and which, I mean, people really got a kick out of that. Lord. I know. Which, like, that's another instance where I'm like, this is not Hugh Jackman, damn it. This man took took a five-year-old and said, here's some cigs. Get out there and make me some money, bud. Oh, God. So, uh, you know, he would do that for amusement and... Actually, in 1864, his wedding to fellow little person caused such a humbug that it acted as a distraction from the Civil War. Oh. I know. And while in Europe with Char- uh, Charles, Barnum set his sights on Jenny Lenz, who was a popular Swedish nightingale, which basically means she fucking sang. She was just a singer. She was just a singer. <laughs> singer. So Barnum tried to convince Jenny to come back to America and be one of his acts, essentially. And in return, he promised to pay her pretty heavily. But Jenny was, you know, she didn't trust this con man. So she demanded the payment in advance, which Barnum couldn't afford. So being the con man that he was, he persuaded a Philadelphia minister that Jenny would be a good influence on the American morals. And the minister lent him... $5,000 in order to pay oh, Jenny. Fuck. 
So Jenny Dang. and Barnum worked together for years with Barnum earning at least $500,000, which today is the equivalent of around $15 million. Ooh, Lord. And in 1868, a fire took place at Barnum's museum, forcing him to retire for the museum, like from the museum business. But not being a man to sit around, he got into business with circus owners Dan Castillo and William Coop. And together they launched Barnum's Grand Traveling Museum, Menagerie, Caravan, and Hippodrome in 1871, referring to the traveling spectacle as the greatest show on earth. Mm-hmm. So then it would later be renamed the Barnum and Bailey Circus. And at the time, this wasn't named a circus, like even though that's essentially what the fuck it was. Uh, it w- wouldn't later be named a circus till many years later. It was strictly referred to as the greatest show on earth. And the tr- show traveled through the country via train and included acrobats, freak shows, contortionists, human cannonballs, and General Tom Thumb, as well as an African elephant named Jumbo. And after Barnum's uh-huh. death in 1891, Barnum shows uh, the greatest show, excuse me, was bought by the rival Ringling Brothers in 1907. Uh-huh. So that is just a little brief history on P.T. Barnum, a.k.a. in my head, the baddest, you know, the baddest con man in the world. But a random fact, because I feel like in his earlier life, he was just kind of like a skeezy con man. But as he uh-huh. got older, he became a little bit less, you know, sleazy. He actually was against slavery and worked to speak out against slavery and, uh, you know, wrote pretty heavily about his distaste for it, which I find interesting, seeing as that is kind of how he got his start. Which I would argue uh, that he, not, not that he kept people, like, actually as slaves, but I feel like he treated a lot of his performers as such. Um, so, yes. yeah, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. He kind it. of, well, she didn't kind of. He did do this. I feel like he manipulated people and objectified people a lot. Oh, yeah. Where, I mean, let's be honest. I feel like we in today's society, we still do that shit. Like, mm-hmm. we watch My 600 Pound Life. And that is just what we do. You hear what I mean? I, I do enjoy Thousand Pound Sisters. I'm not gonna lie. But, but here's the thing, though. At least now you can have some control over subjecting yourself to this. Like, Amy and Tammy, they put themselves out on the internet. I think that's probably how they got discovered, because they started on YouTube. I did not realize that. That's their job. Like, they make their money on YouTube, and they started on YouTube. So, I assume that somebody, you know, somebody at TLC or whatever was out scounging on YouTube looking for the newest great idea, and they were like, y'all gotta see Tammy and Amy. Also, could you, I don't know if that's a real job for, like, TLC, but I bet you it is to find, like, reality shows. Oh, yeah. It that, would be, that would be it's amazing 100% to have that job. I would love to have that job. I mean, 
I would love to have that job, but I also be thinking about how has TLC affected my life? It's affected it pretty heavily. I mean, when I was in yeah. middle school, I would look, I'd watch uh, Four Weddings or <laughs> Say Yes to the Dress, and they would be like, uh-huh. oh, my budget for my wedding is $100,000. And I'm like, oh, this oh. bitch is poor. <laughs> and now it's funny, because now that I'm, maybe this, well, now that I'm planning a wedding, like, I can't even wrap my mind around what you would set the, like, budget as. I'm like... I just gotta, you just gotta buy shit when it comes up. Like, I, I can't even, I don't even know how, my brain don't even work in that high amount of money. Like, I'm gonna set my budget at this many thousand dollars. I'm like, we're just gonna try to get the sh- cheapest shit we can when we can. Yeah, I'm not good at making a budget for the overall thing, but I could tell you like, no. oh, for a dress, I'd like to spend, you know, no more than this dollar amount. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if you just kind of go through, then maybe you could probably do the math but no no math for mm-hmm. me it's Thank too you. hard it's too hard i already tried to do my taxes and then TurboTax said hold up bitch messed up Same. again that's why i had to get somebody else to do mine this year i was not about to get a government knocking on my door i paid them their money today they can get off my back i also paid the money so get off my back i guess you can get off my back in probably two to three business days when it gets to the p.o box that i sent yep. you to I had to do it Send via, my through credit card. I had to do mine via te- uh, check. Like I, you know, might as well have written it with a quill and ink <laughs> and sent it via carrier pigeon. I mean, my God, a paper check. <laughs> I don't even have checks. I had to buy some this year. <laughs> I'm I'm going backwards in time. I'm like Benjamin Button. LOL. That could be, that. he should have been an oddity. He would have been if he was real. That is such a long right. ass, that's a long ass movie. So. You're telling me, I watched it on the way to Virginia Beach one time, and Virginia Beach is like nine hours from my house. I feel like I watched that fucking movie for the whole ride. <laughs> I watched it in the movie theater, and I had to get up to use the bathroom at least four times. I was like, dear God. And it wasn't even that good. No, it sucked. I don't know. I was like a child, so I couldn't take. Yeah, it honestly sucked. Sorry, Brad Pitt, if you're listening. Sorry, Benjamin Button. All right, I'm ready for your All story. Right. I'm ready to okay. he- I'm ready to hear about the human skeleton. <laughs> I've changed it. I've decided to change it all. I'm doing mine on P.T. Barnum, oh, the shit. man himself. The shit. <laughs> uh, okay, so my source. Me. She probably did more research than me. Uh huh. No. So my sources are mentalfloss.com, uh, the true stories behind 11, 11 famous sideshow performers, Wikipedia.com, the Isaac W. I don't know if it's Sprog, Sprake, Sprock. You know who we're talking about. Uh, so that Wikipedia page, the Wikipedia page for Barnum's American Museum and the Wikipedia page for Annie Jones. Uh, all that's interesting.com, the story of Annie Jones, P.T. Barnum's Bearded Lady by Gina DeMuro, and the humanmarvels.com, Annie Jones, the Esau woman. I am shook by how many sources you use this week. Also, I don't think well, I ever... I don't, did I ever say my sources? I don't know. I'm did about you? to get the shit suit out of me. Uh, Which, just in retrospect, I did use Wikipedia, CBS in the morning, and biography.com. In case I didn't say right. that at the beginning of the episode. Don't sue me. Well, I use multiple Wikipedia pages because I kind of... 
which now I don't really have to say it. I clicked on like the Barnum's American Museum page on Wikipedia, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you gotta any website that I look at, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I'm knowledge just, I've absorbed. I'm gonna just mention it just in case. I ain't trying to get, I ain't trying to get, you know, plagiarized sued. Anyways, so yes, I'm doing mine on the human skeleton as well as the bearded lady. So first up, we have the human skeleton, which Sydney uh, shitted on. Didn't shit on him. I'm just saying. about twenty minutes ago. Uh, so <laughs> didn't shit on him. This... I was shitting on him. <laughs> <laughs> so this, well, there's you know multiple human skeletons, but the first one was Isaac. Barack Sprig. I'm just gonna say Isaac. I say Sprig. He was born. Yeah, you said Sprig. I really don't know. Uh, he was born in Massachusetts in 1841, and at the time, like when he was born, by all accounts, he was normal. He's a normal little kid. He was growing just fine. And then all of a sudden, when he turned 12 years old, uh, it started getting a little weird. So at the age of 12, he fell ill after swimming one day. And after this, he began to lose weight very rapidly. And soon, his muscle mass became almost zero, and he had, like, no body fat at all. So, the doctors at the time were trying to figure out what was going on. They couldn't figure it out. One doctor said that it could be extreme progressive muscular atrophy, which sounds accurate, but no doctor had a definite diagnosis. But the weight loss continued through his childhood into his teenage years, and into his adulthood, despite the fact that he maintained a very healthy appetite. So, he actually was not malnourished. Hmm. He just had, I'm not sure, they don't know what he had, some sort of muscular atrophy. So, during, which I actually saw something similar to this, I think it was on TikTok, where the guy said that he had to eat, like, something like 6,000 to 5,000 calories a day just to maintain like, just to stay alive, basically. He needed to get some Pediasure or something. Yeah, he needs some milk. some milk. And this man really do need some milk, because later I'll tell you about his milk his milk habits. Oh, God. <laughs> so, during his early adult, adult life, he bounced around to a few different jobs. He was a cobbler uh, for his father. He was a grocer. But before long, his condition made it to where he was unable to work, and I feel like back in the day, it was real. It was a lot of manual labor. Mm-hmm. And he just really couldn't do that because, you know, he didn't have no meat on his bones. So he ended up, he was unemployed. But in 1865, at the age of 24, he was offered a job at a sideshow. And he became known as the Living Skeleton or the original Thin Man. So, but the next year, he was hired by... Uh, our lovely P.T. Barnum, he was discovered, some would say. Um, And so he was hired to work at the newly reopened American Museum. And you already explained what the museum was, so we don't have to go into that. It's basically like a Ripley's Believe It or Not, but in the uh 1800s. Yep. So Barnum paid Isaac $80 a week for his services. So in today's money, that is $1,290. And so that would make his, like, annual salary around $61,920, which I'm like, that's pretty good. Damn, Isaac. I know. And he, all he's got to do is, like, just be skinny. 
and he can't help it. He just is. That just is what it is. Yeah. He just goes stand there and he be just skinny. gonna be standing there, and people are gonna just be looking at his ass. Uh huh. And so Isaac worked for Barnum on and off throughout his like life and career. And he even, he, like, mostly worked at the museum, but he would go on tour, like when Barnum would take tours when he was low on money. But in 1960, no, that's not, no, I meant 1868, he did take some time off after the museum burned down. Mm-hmm. Um, because he was actually, Isaac was actually there when the mu- museum burned down, but he was able to escape. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people died or some people died, well, but he got so out. with the museum... From what I read, that museum burnt down a couple of times. But you got which in my head I'm thinking, you know, what when was this around the Industrial Revolution? I just feel like when I think of New Probably. York like New York in the eighteen hundreds, I think of like factories and smog. The whole bitches ablaze. And the whole bitches ablaze. Like, you know, they always talk about the Great Fire this, the the blah 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 this. Yeah. Uh-huh. I just think they they needed to get some fire extinguishers because yep. the whole bitch was on fire all the time. And mm-hmm. according to one article I read, uh, several animals were you know, perished in the museum fires. Yeah, well, you know, if they had massive animals, you can't be shuffling an elephant out while you're trying to get yourself out. You know, I'm a every man for themselves when it comes to a fire, so. Yes, I know. <laughs> Hate it for y'all. Don't expect her to save your elephant. (laughs) No, no, absolutely not. But during his time off, he decided he used it pretty well uh, because he married uh, his love, Tamar Moore. And shortly after the two got married, they started having children and ended up having three sons. And both of his sons were very healthy and robust, is what the internet described them as. Just like a tomato, (laughs) robust. (laughs) In case you're curious, they are not human skeleton skinny people. Um, and at this point, Isaac kind of wanted to step away from the sideshow life, but he kept finding himself in financial distress and would go back because clearly he was making a lot of money. Apparently, though, he had a, a gambling problem. And, you know, he had to take care of his family. And because of his condition, he couldn't keep another job. And so basically, he had to stick with the sideshow business. And he even started touring across country and when they would go overseas, which I'm like, at that time, that is some good money. I mean, honestly, I don't know. I know it's probably shitty, but would I do it? I don't know. Maybe. You would do it too if, for a you know, I had, If I had a skill, which you got to have something special about Listen, you, which I don't. You've so. got <laughs> zero skills, so you would not be able to do it. But no, you know don't, what? They don't, need a law- they don't need a lawyer at the... The greatest show on earth. They don't need someone that's never seen any movies at all. No, no, they don't. <laughs> but say what you want um, about P.T. P. Barnum. The man pays a living wage. Good for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, at least he's paying him a decent amount, even though he's making a fuck ton of money still. But, you know, he ain't, you know, paying him terribly. Uh, but by the age of 44, Isaac was officially measured by a doctor. He was five feet, six inches tall, which that's how tall I am. Uh, So, you know, kind of average, kind of short, I guess, maybe for a guy. I don't know. Average for a gal. Um, I think that's like literally the average women's height. Either that or five, five. Not sure. But he only, he only weighed 43 pounds. 
Excuse me? Yeah. And Tex, my dog, we've mentioned his weight. He weighs 60 pounds. And he is a skinny boy. And he is a dog. Well, Charles, the, the you know, the little guy, the P.G. Barnum, uh-huh. made smoke cigarettes. He was 25 pounds. What? It's all the cigarettes? But he, yeah, okay. But he, I've seen a picture of him and he's, he's a little chubby. But he's also like two feet tall. Half the height or less. Like two and some change. Yes, but this man only weighs 43 pounds, which I assume is just the weight of a brain and a skeleton. Yes. Um, And so, at this point, his condition was so bad that he often carried a milk in a flask around his neck so he could take a sip uh, to keep himself conscious and not um, from passing out. Oh my god. So, yeah, he had to keep that milk. He always got to keep that thing on him. That milk. He ain't lactose intolerant, thank God. I know, thank the Lord. Uh, But, unfortunately, Isaac died in poverty on January 5th, 1887, at the age of just 46 years old. And he died from asphyxia, and he died in Chicago. They said that his death was from his condition, so... Because when I saw asphyxia, it sounded like he was, you know, like, murdered. But I guess, he, I don't know. I couldn't say. Couldn't say. But he became known as one of the first of many living skeleton acts uh, to come. And it became common as a promotional scheme for the living skeleton and the mammoth lady to get married. Ah. Now, Isaac did not marry that mammoth lady, but I guess from then on, they would kind of have them get married. I don't know if it was for real or just for a promotional purpose. I think it was for a promotional purpose, because that is what Charles did. Because, you know, you would pay, people would pay to, I want to go to the wedding, which, I mean. Oh, yeah. I feel like they definitely are objectifying these people. They're like, oh, man, look at these, these people. If you've ever Obviously. seen, there is a movie from, like, the early 1900s and it's actually banned now or it used to be but it's like the little man from the sideshow gets married to like the trapeze artist and it's like a big deal uh if you've ever seen the wolf of wall street when they say we accept him one of us gobble gobble one of us it's a reference to that movie Interesting. I'm gonna look it up. Never watched The Wolf of Wall Street. Not surprising, but... Okay, well, while you do that, I'll start on my last little ditty, which is about the bearded lady. Um, So, bearded women have been a staple in sideshows since the beginning of sideshow history. And Annie Jones has become known as one of the most famous and successful bearded ladies. She was the bearded lady in P.T. Barnum's Greatest Show on Earth. So, Annie was born in Virginia in 1865, and reportedly, as soon as she was born, like, she came out of the womb, and her chin was already covered in hair. Oh, wow. Which is odd, because no baby is born with chin hair, typically. I was born with no head hair, so I was hairless. Um... 
And at first, her parents were like, you know, they were basically the, uh, like, the articles described them as disgusted and horrified that their new baby had hair all over her face. But her parents, I guess, they were a little bit, they sounded a little bit like P.T. Barnum themselves because they were like, hey, you know what we could do with this kid? We can use her to make some money. So, at just the age of nine months old, her parents took her to P.T. Barnum's exhibition in New York, which basically was the, you know, the museum. And P.T. Barnum put her as a nine-month-old into the museum as, like, an attraction. And she became known as the, quote, infant Esau, which was a reference to the famously hairy brother of Jacob in the Old Testament of the Bible. Now, I'm going to be honest, I do not remember Esau being hairy, but apparently he is hairy. You remember that from the Bible? I don't recall that. I remember, you, uh, you remember who I, what I remember? That man, Samson. He had hair, yeah, and he let his he, he let his girl cut his hair, and then he lost all his strength. Yeah, well, this wasn't him. Now, but I feel like Samson had long, nice locks. Yeah, he has nice, beautiful hair, like you know, like Brandon with his man bun. <laughs> I think I think Esau was just hairy, like a like a man at the beach in a speedo that's oh, covered in God. hair, <laughs> like of that type. So, but, uh, Annie, Annie, not Esau, she was such a popular attraction at the museum that Barnum offered her mother a three-year contract at the rate of $150 per week. Now, I didn't convert that, but that is a decent amount of money these days. It's like, maybe like, probably over $1,300. I would say close to $1,500-ish. I did not do the conversion, but if I'm basing it off of the $80 conversion, it's probably around that. Listen, I didn't do the conversions for mine. Wikipedia did that for me. Thank you, Wikipedia. My Wikipedia page did not. Oh, well, wow. Yes, you're just, mm. this is your first day podcast. <laughs> it's your first day yep. doing some research. Yep. <laughs> uh, but during the first year of Annie's contract, uh, her mother actually had to go back to Virginia and she left Annie in the care of a nanny appointed to her by Barnum. So her mother left her like at one years old with what I would say is probably like a bunch of carny folk. And uh, it didn't go well because during this time, a local phrenologist, and I meant to look that up and I do not know what that means. What was it again? Uh, a but phrenologist? Phrenologist? Let's look it up. P P H R. This is good She's... podcasting. Listen, when you said, I, I already don't know. If it starts with a P, no. I now, it... it got something, it's got something to do with, uh, some about the brain. He, I guess, he was some sort of scientist. Alright. Uh, so, we clearly the are scientist, not. The scientist person kidnapped Annie, and he wanted to exhibit her in his private collection, basically. Oh, God. But she was soon found in upstate New York. And when they found her, the man was like, hey, this is my kid. Uh, but then, like, they had to take it to court and everything. And apparently when she got to the courtroom, she pretty much immediately, like, ran to her parents and were like, these are my parents. And so after that, uh, Annie was put back into the care of her mother. 
Uh, and at this point, her mom was like, well, I can't leave her. So after this, her mom pretty much stayed by her side during her career as like a child. But there is some suspicion, though, that all of this, the whole thing, could have just been a stunt put on by Barnum to get more, uh, like, attraction. He calls in a humbug, baby. Yeah. So, it could have been that. I don't know. It sounds legit. He might have got this scientist guy, you know, they went in cahoots, paid him some money or something. But... By the age of five, Annie had a full mustache, sideburns, and a beard. Uh, nice. And yeah, and as her uh, like time as a sideshow attraction continued, her name like changed—not her actual name, but like her show name. It was the Infant Esau, and then it turned into Esau Lady, and she eventually became known as the Bearded Lady. I guess that one just really, that sells that's it more. Sim- that's simple and to the point. Yeah. Because, you know, if you said Esau lady, I'll be like, well, I have no idea what that means. I don't know what an Esau is, but I know what a seesaw is. Any relation? <laughs> no. Unfortunately, no. Uh, now, it's also not really known what the exact cause of her condition was, just like the human skeleton. But it's likely something called hirsutism. Which is, I probably did not say that right at all, but I tried my best. I'm not a scientist. Um, But basically, it's a condition that causes coarse hairs in females to have a male-like distribution that is estimated to affect 5 to 10% of women. Which I'm like, okay, I understand. That's a large number, 5%. That's that's what I'm thinking. Because I'm like, okay, I know that if you have like PCOS and stuff, there's... You get, like, more hair on your face in places that normally you wouldn't get as a woman. But my thing is, okay, I get that maybe it makes, you know, a woman have more male-like distribution of hair. But men do not get beards and sideburns and and mustaches at five years old. Like, that don't explain why it happened. Like, why she came out in the womb with a beard. Listen, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Let me say. Okay, if there's seven billion people in the world... And half of them are women. And so that yeah, is around know, about around about three point five billion people, right? So then five uh-huh. percent of that is like that's like over a million people. Yeah, that don't seem I don't that think don't this is it. I'm gonna be honest. Because like her beard is like full on and she's hairy like everywhere. It ain't just like you know, she don't look like even Brandon's beard stops at a point. Like, she had a luscious beard. Um, but as a bearded lady, she appealed to the audiences because she would play up her, like, womanly characteristics just opposed to her male characteristics. That was her facial hair. She would wear really fashionable clothes, like feminine clothes, and she learned to play the mandolin. Uh... And Annie's entire life was tied to her sideshow act. Uh, And she even married a man named Richard Elliott, who was a barker at the sideshow. And a barker is the person that stands outside and yells at people as they pass by to get them to come in the show. Come one. Come all. And they kind of, Uh listen, I go to the state fair every single year. There is a guy who is very similar to a barker. He has one of those games where he tries to guess, like, your age or your weight. You know what I mean? 
And yeah. he's always like, come on down, come on down. And then he'll like point at you. Hey, late, little lady, you with the glasses, come on down. Let me guess your weight. And I'm like, I'd rather be shot than you guess my weight in front of this okay, group, I have, group of people. <laughs> I have a funny story about one of those. So when me and my friend Lydia, what's up, Lydia? I don't think you listen. Uh, when we were in seventh grade, we were at Myrtle Beach and we kept when we went to we went to Broadway at the beach like one day, which is like if you don't know Broadway at the beach is it's like basically a fancy big ass outlet mall kind of place. It's got all sorts of stores, all sorts of stuff. It's just it's just if you know, you know. But anyways, they had one of those guys that guesses your age. And so we were going to go back there like the next day. And so we decided and we told our moms and like our whole family, because we thought this was just going to be a great idea. We were going to put on all this makeup and do our hair and put on our best clothes and try to, you know, make the guy think we're older than we are. Because I was like, I can probably make myself look 16. And I was like 13. And also I was fat as shit. I had a broken ankle, and so I had a boot on, uh, and so I got myself all done up. I put my hair, I decided to put my hair up in a wet, nasty, messy bun, uh, yes. and I did this work, this makeup all over my face, and I'm like, I'm 13, I think. I put on my white, like, Bermuda shorts, this little tank top. We get there, uh... Not only does he think I'm, he does not think I'm older than I am. He says I'm like 11. I'm destroyed on the inside. <laughs> I mean, he says Lydia looks like she's nine because the girl's like four feet tall. She's like the skinniest bean pole you've ever seen. <laughs> it really ruined our confidence. I hate that for And you. I'm just, I'm just thinking like our moms were probably like, what in the heck? They were probably making fun of us so hard. If I can find that, I have pictures of us from that night. I'm going to have to send you the picture because we really, like, we were really hyping ourselves up. We were like, they're going to think we're like 16 years old. Oh my God. He did not. He saw right through our bullshit. He was like, girl, you you five. Oh shit. I was like, no, no, I'm not. I'm 11. Wow. Anyways, thank that haunts for, me to this day. Thank you so much for sharing some of that childhood trauma with us. We're getting You're welcome. We're getting really deep this week. Uh, but speaking of children, so Annie married the Barker, uh, and she was only fifteen. But the Barker was an adult. Uh, but they tried to keep their ages kind of secret. But her parents knew about it, and they were absolutely not happy with the marriage. But the marriage lasted for fifteen years. Uh, but the two divorced in 1895, and then not long after, Annie married another man, and his name was William Donovan, and the two of them traveled as their own duo act around Europe, so they split away from P.T. Barnum at this point. But William unexpectedly died just four years after they got married. And so at this point, Annie didn't want to continue to perform like on her own as a solo act, so she decided to rejoin The Greatest Show on Earth. And so, you know, back in the early sideshow days, like, people who worked in the circus or a sideshow, they would also be, they would a lot of times be called freaks. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just a freak show. Um, and Annie, you know, her, all of her success in life, like, I assume she made a decent, like, a lot of money because she was, like, probably one of the main attractions because we all know the bearded lady. She was considered a freak. Um, but she started, like, a campaign against the use of the word. 
and she was trying to get people to quit calling sideshow performers freaks. Um, But uh, unfortunately, she didn't really live long enough to make the change she was looking for because she died at the age of 37 from tuberculosis on a visit to her mother having, quote, known no other life than that of a freak. And that was Annie, what's her last name? Jones, I think. Yes, Annie Jones. So both of uh, our sideshow performers that I went over had very sad endings. And I think a lot of them had sad lives and probably Mm -hmm. deaths. Yes, because I feel like, which I mean... I'd like to think that we as a society has pro- we've progressed for the most part, but at the time, yeah, people had no sense of uh, discretion. They would just like if they saw something that seemed a little bit different, they'd be like, "Oh God, this is you know, you know, that's just <laughs> yeah. the way they were." And I was like, "Gosh!" So it's uh, ironically enough. A uh, movie that I was trying to Google earlier, and I was like, "What's it called? What's it called? It's called Freaks. It's a oh. <laughs> it's a black and white film from the early like I want to say it's like twenties or thirties. It's very old, but it has a very good message in it. I'm not gonna you know tell y'all too much about it because I think it, you know it basically the the beautiful like trapeze artist. Um, like, she is marrying the the ringleader of this sideshow for his money, but she, you know, doesn't want to marry him because he's a freak, and she, like, exploits him, but then she gets her comeuppets at the end, so. Huh. Well, I want to watch it. Is it still banned? Well, I don't think it's banned anymore, but it was one of those movies that's a little bit ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to watch this now. I'm looking at pictures of it, and it's interesting. Yeah, maybe we'll post a clip of it on the gram, because it's an interesting one. Also, you know, they have that one season of American Horror Story called Freak Show. And that's an also, I mean, it's not my favorite season of American Horror Stories. It's not that good. But you do get to see kind of the sad life of someone in, who is different and is constantly seen as being different and how they're treated in society and used more as objects than humans. Uh-huh. That one, I didn't last long in that one. There was uh, a little bit too a little bit too much uh, sex for me in that one. That, that was a lot. Like, the first show was the Lobster Hands Man. Uh, yeah. That was a lot. That was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. For me, personally, it just, it lost some traction for me, and I don't understand, like, I love Jessica Lange, but I don't understand why they had her singing, I believe it was a Lana Del Rey song, like, it just didn't make sense. (laughs) Honestly, all the American Horror Stories lose traction for me at some point. I'm like, I get the gist. We can, we can be done with this season at this point. Yeah, I'm really good with a 10, if any TV show is more than 10 episodes, I'm gonna lose my mind. I feel that. I feel that. But anyway, so. What is our theme for next week? Do you know? You're supposed to be the yes. one Yes. Yes, I do. It is the good old days of murder. Oh, which is yeah. like. 70s? So, yes, yeah, so like the 70s. So basically when you're talking to your granddad or your dad and he's like, listen, 
life today terrible sucks you i'm so sorry you've grown up in this god-awful life can't kids can't play in the street anymore but they could when i was younger you know i grew up in the good old days that's what we're talking about we're talking about when the years of ted bundy you know john wayne gacy you know the good old days when kids literally just be getting snatched up out of the yard for no good reason yeah but they didn't have smartphones so it's okay they also didn't have to lock their doors, and so that would just allow the murderers just to walk right in. Hospitality's really what they were looking for. My dad loves to say, he's like, we didn't even lock our doors back in the day. I'm like... Well, that was dumb. That was stupid. That was really stupid. Y'all lucky. Even if it wasn't a murderer, y'all ain't got robbers. Uh, my dad grew up in the country, so I guess, like... Shit, me too, and our house got robbed and the door was locked. Damn it. They didn't take nothing good, though. He took all my mom's fake jewelry. Dummy. <laughs> and left the iPad and laptop on the couch. Listen, that's all they came for was some of that costume jewelry. <laughs> for real? Well, they did take one thing. They took my mom's class ring that was in my bedroom. But that's other than that, he it, was dumb. He was dumb. But I mean, class he traumatized. Rings, they're kind of expensive. True. I think he took that because it was real gold. Uh, but he traumatized my dog Otto. Rest in peace, Otto. He recently passed, but he was like 15, so it was his time. <laughs> Rest in peace, Otto. Rest in peace. Pour one out for Otto. Listen, if y'all. That robber just traumatized Otto, and that is why he was such a mean dog for the rest of his life. He had to stay on oh, red yeah. alert. He had to stay on oh, red alert. Yeah. He couldn't let nobody go off easy. Honestly, uh, one of my stepbrother's friend, we think he looks suspiciously like the robber. Because ever since our house got robbed, I'm telling you, Otto hated this friend so badly. The friend would come and leave. Otto would still bark. One day he barked for two hours after the friend left. And he only came in the house for, I'm talking, five minutes. And it was torture for me that day, trying to get this damn dog to shut up. Call the police. Say, say, I'd like to report a robbery. (laughs) It's been about 10 years, and the only witness is dead. (laughs) But I think I I have a good argument against Wyatt. Is this person? Look, now don't think I don't love dogs. Like, when dogs die, I get very sad. But, like, we all have that one, like... There's that one ratchet-ass family dog that has just been around forever. They're so crotchety. They're so mean. They're so crusty. And it's like, they live, they live way past their time. Like, Otto probably should have gone over the Rainbow Bridge a long time ago. He was just so mean that he lived a lot longer. Anyways, that's too much information for my life for y'all. Yeah, well, if you, uh, if you liked any of that information, you'd like to stick around. We will be having an episode next week. You know, uh-huh. we'll be here. Hopefully, you will be. Hopefully, this episode wasn't was it too chaotic. <laughs> uh, follow us on Instagram. Cut that out. <laughs> follow us on Instagram. <laughs> at this, uh, uh, gonna sound weird. Pod. Just follow us on all our shit. Damn, you know the drill. You can. You'll find us. You'll find us. We're out there. Taylor's uh... Taylor's got to go study for an exam. So we're we. You know, we're rushing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do got to study. Please wish me luck, people. Please. No. Wish her not luck. 
<laughs> all right all right stay weird goodbye goodbye